Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Our scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the beginning of a series of sermons called Here I Am, Lord. Um, From the song Here I Am, Lord, Is It I, Lord? We're going to be talking about call for the next four weeks. Um, How do we know God's call? What is God's call? How do we follow God's call? Just the different aspects. And we're going to begin with, with Ephesians. Actually, there are three different sets of passages on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One is... 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and then this passage in uh, Philippians 4. So I'm reading here verse 11 through 16, and in particular, I'm going to look at verse 12. The gifts he gave were some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And then verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to the maturity, to the measure of full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the Word of God. All right. You've probably heard this story. It's a story about a Roman Catholic nun who ran out of gas. Stick with me here. She caught a ride to, uh, to a uh, gas station. She explained to the attendant that she was out of gas. Uh, he was there by himself. He said, I'd take care of you, but I, I've got to stay here. So he looked in the uh, storage room, and all that he could find, he came out, all that he could find was a bedpan. And he said, don't have a gas, tank, gas can, but here's a bedpan. And I think if you be careful and not spill it, that you can get the gas to your car. So she filled it up as much as she could. She caught a ride. She's real careful not to spill it on the person's car. Uh, y'all know what a bedpan is, don't you? Okay, and, all right, okay. And um, she's pouring carefully the gas into her car, and this pickup truck drives by and uh, rolls down the window, and he says, Sister, what are you doing? And she said, I am ran out of gas, and so I'm trying to get enough in the tank so that I can make it to the gas station. And he laughed and said, Now, Sister, that's faith. As we talk about call, we are like bedpans being used as gas tanks, as gas cans. None of us are worthy to work for Christ. None of us are qualified. All of us fall short. 
It is only by the gift of the Holy Spirit and what God is doing through us that any of the work of the church gets done. And that, I think that's why those outside the church wonder how in the world they get anything done in the church. Who are these people? You know? Who are these people? We are those who are inspired, led, and, and worked through by God. We are but the vessels for God's work in this world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our redeemer. May these words be your words through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to back up a little bit and look at Ephesians 4, verse 1. Because in order to understand what Paul is saying about spiritual gifts, we have to understand from what his perspective is. What it is, the direction of Paul. And he says there in verse 1, he says this, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And oftentimes, uh, people read this and they go, a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Worthy of the calling, the call to the work of Jesus, to which you've been called. But when we look at the Greek, that's not what it says at all. The Greek word kaleo, which means to call, or kalesis, uh, as it's used here, calling. Um, Paul uses that word only when he's dealing with the call to salvation. To the call to salvation. In other words, as Paul moves into this talk about spiritual gifts and working in the church and what it means to be the body of Christ, it all begins with our salvation, with our faith in Jesus Christ. The call of Christ upon our lives. With this in mind, it's no surprise that what he follows that with in the next verse is a description of who we should be as followers of Jesus Christ. Who should we be? With humility, gentleness, patience, holding each other in love, and making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Did you hear that? Humility, gentleness, patience, holding each other in love. And making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of of peace. That is the passage by which we should be evaluating ourselves. At what level are we in our humility? At what level are we in our gentleness and our patience in holding each other in love? For these qualities mark our existence as a follower of Jesus Christ. There's what, what identifies us. As followers of Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we forfeit our salvation if we don't live in that way? No. We, we, we are saved through grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, you are saved by grace. Um, for by grace you've been saved. It is not any of your own doing, but a gift from God. But when we are saved, when we follow the call of Jesus Christ, God puts within our hearts then there the desire to seek 
the gifts and fruits of the Spirit. To experience and to respond to the call of Christ. And so, as we look at this passage, first, everyone is given a place to work within the body. All are called to ministry. Some of us, like myself, are called to the professional ministry, to the leadership of the church, to, uh, to performing the sacraments, to, uh, to order the church. But as you look at 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and here in Ephesians, that's not the only work within the church. All of us are called to ministry. All of us. And so, when Paul says in Ephesians 4.12, I mean, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12.7, he says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. None of us are left out. Then, the purpose of the gifts of the manifestation is to open the way to God. It's our job to open the way to God. It's our job to open the way to God to everyone else in this room. It's our job to open the way to God to those outside of the church. And, and, and I know what you're thinking because I have thought the same thing. How in the world do we do that? How in the world do we do that? I mean, really, how do I do that? I, I think it's by, by paying attention to what God's putting on our heart. Who is God putting in front of us? What desires is God putting within our hearts to live out the way of love? To live out the way of humility and patience and peace? It's it's not for us to decide. It's for us to hear. It's for us to hear. As we look at at verse 12... Equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. And I wish I had the screens because I broke down the Greek here. The word charitismon, which means to equip, more literally means to bring to a point of fitness. Okay? It's, it's not like you would equip a soldier with a backpack and, and a belt and a, a uniform. But rather, it's like an athlete who's being... Who's being being prepared for a competition by practice, by, by exercise, by repetitive uh, learning, so that our, our part within the body becomes natural. It's not forced, but it is natural. To equip to the point of fitness. Um, and further, the Greek word that's translated to build up is to instruct for the way, to instruct to make open the way of God. In other words, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. If we, if we look at those Greek words, it is to work for the fitness of the saints, for the work of ministry, to continue in the fit. That's why we have the church. That's why we have the church. This is our practice place. This is a place where we practice. When we come to worship, we are practicing what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ by singing the songs, by hearing the Scripture, by listening to the sermon, by joining together in fellowship. 
We are practicing when we go to a Bible study and we share and we, and, and we work together to understand what it is that God is, is trying to tell us. We are practicing when we pray and we try to not only tell God what we want, but to listen to what God has for us. We practice, and the more we practice, the better we get. Those of you who've ever been involved in athletics and know that, you know, you see a team that's not doing well on the field, you can tell if they hadn't been practicing. You, know, you can tell. And the same is true of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Practice. The early church needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They needed the gifts of the Spirit. Because you're talking about, you know, our inability, our unworthiness. You, you basically had slaves, uneducated folks that, that were being gathered together within the church. They had no abilities whatsoever. They had to have the empowerment and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In addition to that, they were being challenged constantly. The Romans were threatened by the Christian movement, and so they were constantly arresting and executing Christians. The Jews were doing all that they could to to set up rumors to discredit the Christians. The pagan practices were just... You know, of self-indulgence surrounded, that was a part of the culture. And so the Christians, it was totally a counter-culture movement. And as I kind of go through that, I think, wait a minute. Here in the United States, we don't get arrested and executed, but there are places in the world where that happens. There are workplaces that are very negative and almost antagonistic toward Christians, we are surrounded by self-indulgence. And the religious page in newspapers used to be a page that supported the Christian movement, and now when you open up the religious page, it just criticizes who we are. In some ways, we are fighting the same battles that those early Christians fought. And as much as any other time in the life of the church, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need each other. We need the church, the body, to support us so that we can support each other. And I, you know, and, and I say this because... There's a movement within our culture right now, this personal, spiritual experience. Have you all kind of heard anything about that? I, um, it borders on being new age. I can be a Christian. I can be a believer without anybody else. Have you heard about that? You know, I, I don't need organized religion, okay? Um, I would say that that invites a person to go in any direction that the wind or the ideas or the opinions of the day would lead them. It is the church 
that provides the roots for our faith. It is the church that provides the place where we can practice before we go out to live. It is the church where we find support. And it is the church where we come to understand our call. So how do we find our call? How do we find our call? Now, I'm, I'm going to share with you kind of my own formula. And I'm constantly reevaluating my, my own call in terms of what God wants me to do. But the, the first step is to be God-dependent. God-dependent. To begin in prayer. And when we pray first, we are spirit-directed rather than ego-directed. This is not about what I want. This is about what God is leading me to do. Let the Spirit lead us to the place where we can best grow. And, and I also believe that as, as I pray, that God puts within my heart a desire for what God wants me to do. Uh, se- several years ago, I, there, was a, there was a church that was opened, and I was right in the middle of this ministry, and we were growing at First Methodist Church, Rowlett. And uh, this opportunity was, was there. And um, I had a church member that I trusted enough to be able to share with him my struggle of what was going on. And he said, what's God put in your heart? What's your desire? Because God's going to lead you with your desire. And I said, I, I love this church. God has put it on me to just absolutely, I just can't wait to get up in the morning to, to come here to, to be the pastor. And he said to me, there's your answer. God's already, already told you what you ought to do. God dependent. Second, a servant's heart. Servant's heart. Spiritual growth is never about personal accomplishment. It's never about achievement. It's about what God is doing. And faithful servants understand that success is connected to what God wants, not necessarily what we want. Faithful servants are always about building each other up. Did you hear that? A servant's heart. Not about getting credit, but about giving the credit away. Second, or third, the recognition of gifts. Um, That um, all of us are given gifts. And that a gift of the Holy Spirit manifests itself in, in results, not so much in what the person looks like. Okay? Um... Any of you know the name John Wimber? He started the Vineyard Movement in California, um, actually back in the 1980s, I believe. And he was, uh, had, had retired. He was speaking in um, College Station. I drove down there. I, God, I, was one, I read his books. I wanted to hear him speak. And <laughs> he starts out, and he's got a monotone. I mean, I'm going, wait a minute. This is John Wimber? I mean, this is the boringest guy I have ever heard. 
And I thought, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I'm going to take notes because there's got to be content here somewhere. And then suddenly he's done. And I went, not only is he boring, but he's short. You know, at least he could have given us something. <laughs> and then I looked at my watch. He'd been talking for an hour and 30 minutes. I looked at my notes. I'd been taking notes. had seven pages of notes. And I thought to myself, John Wimber is not who he is because of who, what he has, but what God is doing through him. Because there is no way that I would have listened to a monotone for an hour and a half unless it was of the Spirit of God. There's no way that I would have taken seven pages of notes and I still have that file that I go back to because it's absolutely incredible what the man had said for that hour and a half. Unless it was truly of the Spirit of God. And, and that brings us to the next point is that expect success. If you're truly called, then you will be successful in that, in that calling. Revelation in, in Revelation, the book of Revelation, it speaks of the church in Philadelphia. And it's recognized for its works despite its lack of strength and resources. And Jesus says to the church at Philadelphia, I am opening a door to you that no one can shut. When we follow our call, God opens doors that cannot be shut. As our actions are aligned with God's purpose, we can expect success. Not because it's about us, but because it's about God. With God, how can we lose? <laughs> With the faith of a mustard seed, said Jesus, we see and realize huge expectations. Evaluate our progress. Maybe the most important part of the, of the finding our call And here's the questions that we need to ask ourselves, at least on an annual basis. How does my faith compare to where I was a year ago? Think back fall of last year. Where were you? Have I made any progress? Has my humility grown? My gentleness, my patience, my love for others? Have I worked for love and unity in my family work, neighborhood, community, and church? How do you stand up to those questions? I think constant evaluation and looking back to see if we have grown can guide our behavior and our practice. In in fact, Roman Catholic Church, uh, I think it was about 2000, did a study on marriage within across the United States within all the parishes And they had a set of questions that they ask uh, all the married couples, okay, and uh, or their parishes. The first question was, do you attend worship and mass on a regular basis? And and regular for them, I think, was like every Sunday. Um, Second, are you involved in a small group Bible study in terms of learning and growing in your faith? Third, are you in service? Have you taken on some service within the parish 
to reach outside into the community. Fourth, do you as a couple and a family pray together and talk about your faith together as a family? Those couples that answered yes to all five of those questions had a divorce rate of 2%. The divorce rate in the United States is over 30%. Now, the Roman Catholics, and I remember reading the article about it, they, they made a real distinction between just coming to church and really being involved. Between, <clears throat> you know, showing up and really showing up to dig deeper. Between <clears throat> being a, a person that was receiving and taking in and a person that was responding and following what God was calling them to do. And a person who took their faith from the church into their home. And friends, I truly believe when we do that, anything is possible. And in my own life, I, have, I, I saw that failure in my own life. I saw that failure in my own life. And I will not, I will not let it happen again. I will not. And then finally, never give up on God, yourself, and others. No matter how your life might look like right now, God is not going to give up on you. Never give up on God. Don't give up on yourself because God's not going to give up on you. And just keep loving others no matter what the situation is. Just keep loving them. Keep praying for them. That's my formula. And I think it works out like this. There was a young man baptized into Christ, didn't grow up in the church, came to know Christ in his 20s, very excited about Sunday school and Bible study. After a year of going to the Bible study, the teacher asked him, said, okay, what are you doing with what you're learning? He said, what do you mean, what am I doing? Well, I mean, you're here every Sunday, you're involved in, in worship, you're, you bring your Bible with you, you're, you're studying. What are you doing with your faith? And he goes, oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm a new Christian. I'm just a learner. And she looked at him and she said, when you have a candle and the candle is just sitting there, what do you do with it? You just let it look pretty? He said, no, if I've got a candle and I need light, I'm going to light the candle. And she said, okay, then light your candle, would you? Take what you've got here, what you're learning here, and put it to work out there. We are the body of Christ. We are the presence of Christ in this world. And the world in the shape that it's in depends on us. Depends on us. Whether we're a bedpan or whatever we are, we can still make a difference for Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Lord God, we do thank you and praise you for uh, your presence in our lives. And though we're not worthy, we're not, you know, sometimes we wonder what we can do. We know by the power of your Holy Spirit that you can do anything through us. If you can use me, you can use anybody. And so, God, use us. And as we say the words, here I am, Lord, fill us full. Make us yours. Send us out that we might be your people. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.